Hey guys, no DLF podcast premium this week. Instead, I just want to remind everyone that, um, and if you didn't know, recently we lost one of our own uh, in our community at James the Brain at underscore James the Brain on Twitter. Unfortunately, passed away. Um, needless to say, we've lost we have lost something significant. Um, it's affected a vast number of us. Um, and even if you didn't know him, it's a good time to get to know him. Um, John Hogue, his podcast co-host, is um, sharing a link where we can support John's family at this time. And also Dynasty Outhouse from the Trade Addicts podcast created a link where you can go to ffpodshirts.storenvy.com and check out his Twitter handle at Dynasty Outhouse for the direct link or the notes to this podcast. Um, I'm going to put it in there and we can buy a shirt and all the money goes directly to his family because, you know, shirts are kind of how we roll and donate to things. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you could help support his family at this time. Um, yeah, sad sad note to start on, but it's the only one I'm going to start on this week. Thanks very much and uh, let's go talk to Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads podcast. This week I got to talk to once again Zach Reed um, from the Dynasty Dummies podcast and also the DFPN network um, with the Dummy Blitz and various other podcasts uh, that are absolutely fantastic to listen to. Always have a good time talking to Zach. Actually spent about two hours talking to him live on Twitch and YouTube if you want to check out the wider cut. Uh, somehow... I've managed to cut this down to a reasonable sized podcast, basically by taking out 90% of what we talked about, j- just because. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. I hated cutting all any of it, let alone all of it. Um, and in doing so, I ended up turning it into a Josh Allen podcast. You heard this right. We are now a Josh Allen podcast, apparently. All right, let's go talk to Zach. Thanks. I used to say, um, and I still do, but I'm trying to find a better metaphor, but I used to point out constantly, because I get really tired of the, I was the first on this train. So <laughs> I was just trying to kind of troll that a little bit, but also there's truth to it. That's why I was saying it, honestly. Like, I don't give a f- about being first on a train. I need to be last. I need yeah. to be last. and But that's not entirely true, and that's why I'm searching for a different way of saying it before I go back on it's, podcasts with it. It's There are different types of trains. There are some you have to be last on and some you have to be first off on. But it never matters to be the first on it just early enough. Like um, I was thinking Josh Allen. I was ranting in my head, and I was going to start the podcast with a complete L that I missed. Two weeks <laughs> into the 2020 season, and it's very clear at this point, that I, that's a complete L. I still stand by everything I said, but I've lost way too much betting against the market on it. It's just, even if that's it. But if I go in on it now, it's like, it, it's a different type of train. If you're last off that type of train, you pay for everyone's ticket who rode it. That's right. the wrong type of train to be last on <laughs> or last off, if you know what I mean. But the Keelan Cole, and this is what I was going to go back around to. Like I told you, I mean, I think I made a mistake with, I, I just, wasn't thinking clearly or overthought the 2022 pick thing. Um, 
I should have listened to my own podcast, I guess. But um, uh, Keelan Cole, and it looks now like it's finally reverting teams hate undrafted free agents, but the Jaguars continually do this. I do think this is a thing I've correctly identified by the team. Never believe a Jaguar breakout. Um, but Keelan Cole's done it twice. Alan Hearns did it twice with a gap in between. It's a Jaguar thing, apparently. Um, Alan Robinson being the lone exception, although he did have a down year and then a good year again, it's just that he was better than all the others. But I didn't mean to go too deep into that. But like, I should have been last off the Keelan Cole train, and I just completely lost track of it. Well, I, sorry, I think that, 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 that all seemed to connect for me in some way. Um, is there something else you want to talk about? Because we kind of just got off on one there. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm good. Like I, I can freeform whatever, whatever you're interested in talking about. Um, I, I've got, I've got all my notes from from last week uh, in front of me. If we happen to do anything like that, I'm, I'm a little bit interested in. Um, I saw, who was it? It might have been Scott Barrett. Uh, tweeted out about uh, Russell Wilson and. Josh Allen in terms of the team's uptick in passing, which which got me a little interested because Russell Wilson actually has thrown about three quarters of a pass less this year than he did last year, but he's completing about 20% more. <laughs> so like I, I'm not like they're letting they're letting Russ cook, but I don't think that they're doing much more than what they did last year. He just happened to throw for five touchdowns. And is and is completed an insane amount, but the Josh Allen one. Josh Allen's throwing forty passes a game, which I hope it's sustainable because I have a lot of John Brown. Uh, Buffalo was like 13 percent above its passing percentage from last year. If week one after week two, it's nearly eight percent over what it was doing. Like so, they're definitely passing more. Right. It's a slightly different number than an accurate site like four for four would get you, but it's good enough to tell me what's going on. I think. And um, but I was gonna check with you about that. Actually, he's still bad at passing, though, right? Yeah, like, but I he, don't like evaluate, but he still misses like stupid shot. He's still not he, Lamar Jackson he, good at passing. Who's he, he? He has missed a bunch of passes, but he's also completed a ton more than what he has traditionally. Right, uh, right, done. Like he's, I think he's completing like seventy percent of his passes, where he's he's traditionally been like fifty eight or so. So I like think some of that will come back down to earth because his passing skill set doesn't seem to have improved. That's specifically right. what I wanted to ask you: Is he? He's got a better receiving core than he's ever had. Yeah, if 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 you've got Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley, who are all really good at creating separation, so like we talk about this, you and I have this conversation fairly regularly because because I'm watching film and and you're looking at the numbers, and I'll sit there and say, okay, uh, somebody like Nikhil Harry, for example, uh, doesn't create separation down the field. He's very bad at it. He was bad at it in college, even though everybody loved him coming out. But what he does very well is catch the ball between five and eight yards down the field and then add uh, to that, you know, make plays after the catch. And then once he's in the red zone, he is a big bodied, able to body up guys and go up and, and high point and, and make that play. But it's not that's not a high percentage throw down down the field. So if you're throwing the ball 15, 20, 25 yards and relying on Nikhil Harry to make physical separation at the top 
of a of a catch, that's a tough throw. Where what is happening with Josh Allen right now is you've got Stephon Diggs, you've got John Brown, you've got Cole Beasley, who all create very big areas of separation. So if if Allen underthrows a ball or overthrows a ball, there's a little more of a window this year than than what he's had, and so. I think some of that is he, he's just got better guys to throw to. Yeah, and this is one of the things. It's, it sucks, especially when doing projections, to get so much right and yet miss <laughs> the edge, if you know what I mean. Like, this is basically how I describe Buffalo. I said their efficiency is way too high. It has to come down. Josh Allen can't or shouldn't elevate to, a, like, a Drew Brees-level passer. You know, I, I don't – I think average is – like would be an extreme ex- exaggeration for him. Right. It, for him to get there would be a hell of a leap, and like he deserve high fives from the wall. <laughs> um, and hopefully he gets it. But but Stefan Diggs is better than what he had, so the re- it can regress. But Stefan Diggs in- maintains what they were doing essentially. My take on the situation was right. I just you know I, I and what it is a quarterback. I was sort of. Someone was trying to trade me Drew Locke, and I was like, I'm really, I don't know why you think I'm um, high on Locke. He's like, oh, sorry, I missed it. And I was like, okay, just to be clear here, here's my quarterback take. I wait till we know for sure at quarterback. Like, I am so risk averse at quarterback, especially in Superflex. I'm like, give me, give me Rivers. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. Give me, or Minshew for free, sure. But like, Patrick Mahomes was an exception. I think everyone was drooling over him. Lamar Jackson, I was kind of, ah, I see the point. But I'm not saying I was high on him. Patrick Mahomes is the only one in recent memory I can think of that I wanted to invest in without knowing very certainly what he is. And before that, I did it with Derek Carr, and that's what made me timid because I realized how little I know about. Derek Carr taught me a lot about the quarterback position. Like, he can be put on list with Drew Brees pretty much any way, any decent way you want to process quarterback analytically. The thing is, Derek Carr does it in a different way. (laughs) <laughs> he's right. not Drew Brees, but his numbers can always kind of put him in that range. And they're like, okay, the quarterback positions is fucking complicated, man. <laughs> so I just wait. Like Ben Roethlisberger, sure, I know what he is, okay? Um, I don't care that I've maybe got one year left because I'll take that certainly. And so the thing with Drew Locke is I get that might be a value right now to trade. He was asking for Minshew, and I was like, but Minshew's got a better track record now of being good in the NFL. I still don't know what Locke is, and that's – like I'm just risk averse at quarterback. It's not I don't take a quarterback. I just take what I know and try and win elsewhere. <laughs> quarterback is so hard to evaluate. I mean, if you're having trouble with it with the numbers, it's it's incredibly difficult. It. <laughs> it's well, it's it's incredibly difficult to evaluate at least for me through the film because so much of it is about mental processing. So right. it, it it literally is Either a guy can walk up to the line, look at what the defense presents him, figure out what he needs to do, make those adjustments with the with the wide receivers. So that's one way to succeed. Or so that that's like the Peyton Manning, um, you know that even Derek Carr. Like when Derek Carr succeeds, that's what he does. He's he's like that first read guy where he's like, okay, this receiver is going to be open. And he'll snap the ball, and he'll throw the ball to that receiver, hoping he's going to be open. Whether or not he is 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 another story. But then you have the guy like Tom Brady, who comes up and 
you know, he processes that. But really what he does is get the snap and then read what's going on. So so he's relying on his receivers to make the same read he is on the defense and reading it that quick, you know, within two seconds. And to right. to be able to to be able to watch a quarterback and figure out if he has the ability to do that in the NFL when he's playing at a college level is is stupid difficult at least for me like I I'll, I'll be the first to admit like I I locked into uh, Mahomes I liked Watson because he was very good at making back shoulder throws which is something in the NFL that that you need to be able to do what you're saying right now puts it in such good context for me it's like there's such small sample sizes and i hate to get nerdy on it but for good bad and ugly and they're all good bad and ugly in these unique ways and then when you consider era how long they play it's like it's hopeless like yeah. Derek carr looks like drew Brees, except for the fact they're very obviously getting there <laughs> two polar opposite ways it's like you're not by the end of a career, you might be able to compare someone to right. someone else, but that's once there's no surprises coming because you know what you know what happened. No, that's like that's, that's it. Like so, so there are so many. And the other part about Josh Allen, so like we're talking about missing on Josh Allen, and initially we missed on Josh Allen because his rushing profile has been incredible, and for fantasy football, that's great. It didn't exist in college. I want to point that out one last time before we forget what Josh Allen was. No one liked Josh Allen in the first round of the NFL draft. No one. Yeah. They're lying to you. And no one liked him at all because he was a prolific rusher. He wasn't. He didn't rush prolifically. That was That's well, the weird thing. Like, no one could it, say, well, he's got a rushing floor. Yeah, like Tannehill does, like Alex Smith did. Not because they're white guys, but because he didn't run that much. Right. At all, it's but, only but, in the NFL he's developed that. <laughs> but then, so so you missed on that like weird, and and I was the same way. Like I watched Josh, like I I did the the parody open, uh, watch Josh Allen throw, and, and like I was like you know like yeah he's got a cannon, but he he's not within fifty feet of anybody. Like I, I've got video of him <laughs> overthrowing a, a practice net at the at the uh, Senior Bowl, but. So this year, all of a sudden, Josh Allen, it's its not necessarily his legs. The team has decided, the coaching staff has decided that all of a sudden they're going to open up and, and Josh Allen has thrown the ball, it's, it's like 80, 83 times or something stupid like that in the first two games, which is not something you've ever seen him do before. I mean, he's throwing the ball, it's like, 16 or 17 times more a game this year than he ever has. And and so it's it's been this weird like we got our ass kicked on Josh Allen because of his legs and now we're getting our ass kicked because they upped the the amount that they're going to throw in Buffalo and and I mean I'm I'm facing the same thing with um Josh Jacobs and, and I know he's not a quarterback but but Josh Jacobs I loved or I say love. He was my my running back too, coming out uh, not this year, but the the last year. And I looked at at Josh Jacobs and said, I feel very similarly to him as I did to Sony Michelle coming out. I need him to land somewhere where they'll let him be a three down back. 
And then he went to the Raiders, and I was like, perfect. He's going to be a three-down back. <laughs> and then and then Gruden was like, nah, nah, fam. We're going to throw him the ball uh, about 20 times this year. And I'm like, well, that's no good. Yeah. He really is turning into Sony Michelle. And then this year, they threw the ball six times to him in the first game, three times to him in the second game. If they keep throwing the ball three times to him, that's over 50 targets. I, that Man, I'll take that. And so, so – I'm wrong because Gruden all of a sudden mysteriously figured out that you should throw to your running back. Yeah, this, it's, it's like Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was a good receiver. Jamal Williams was a more prolific rusher yeah. at a low conference. And the exact opposite happened because Green Bay wanted to focus. <laughs> and that's it. That's the thing about running back and quarterback, but it's so extreme at quarterback. Like like those apexes you were talking about, they're all different yeah. for all of them. They're the physical yeah. and the mental IQ, like Cam Newton versus Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. Like You well, can't get sucked into thinking, well, the thing about Josh Allen was he's a fantastic athlete, so he had the upside of becoming a rusher. Try to follow it, that logic. You'll just keep missing because it's about <laughs> Josh Allen. Well, and and he also, if he continues this passing thing... It's about Josh Allen and respect the kid. He's doing something, and all of them do, no one else has done. Right. <laughs> and if he keeps it up, it will be phenomenal, but it will just be about Josh Allen, not, and therefore I can prospect this way. Now, running back, you have a little bit more of a sample, so we can stretch a little further. But with quarterback, you just kind of... And I also think that Allen came in in the perfect era uh, to be a a mobile quarterback because all of a sudden you've seen success with Mahomes. You've seen success with Lamar Jackson. Even before that, you were seeing success with Watson. You were seeing success with Dak Prescott. You were seeing success with Russell Wilson. These are all guys. And Cam Newton, you know, these are all guys who you you see. So I, I always talk about uh, the NFL being a copycat league, but the, the guys who are doing the copying are not the guys who are winning. The guys who are are setting the trend, the guys who are at the vanguard. So you know it's easy to point to Belichick, but it's not just it's not just Bill Belichick. Uh, it's it's to some extent. Uh, I don't want to give Pete Carroll credit. Let's not give Pete Carroll credit. Uh, but like <laughs> Andy Reid and uh, Peterson in Philadelphia, and you know you see these. Even uh, I think it's Marty Morningweg, who is the, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens, who developed the offense that Michael Vick ran and then was brought back to run the offense for um, – and I, I hope that's the right guy – but came back to, to run the offense for uh, Lamar Jackson. And so you're seeing this era where it, it, it kind of began with Belichick doing the two tight ends and defenses got bigger – to combat the the dual tight end. And then you saw this shift into the the moving guys into the slot to combat the fact that defenses got bigger. And I think that this mobile quarterback is just kind of the next evolution of that because you can all of a sudden fake that handoff or hand it off, and the defense has to sit there and make a decision as to whether or not the quarterback handed the ball off because some of these quarterbacks are so dangerous with their legs. That it 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 gives such an advantage. I think like that was the thing that was so exciting for me as a Patriots fan, seeing Cam Newton come to New England, because we haven't had that. We haven't like Brady's amazing, and I don't like. I'm not knocking that. It's been just you know you're you're blessed to have watched him, 
But seeing the trend in the NFL toward these guys who can use that run pass option and freeze a linebacker and your running game is that much better and your passing game is that much better. And you're able to about that's the weird thing about the run pass option though, or the um whatever it is it's called. Um you don't have to be a good rush to do it. This right. is this, no. this is that era. It's you threaten the run with Sam Donald, and because you have to pre-plan defense because everything was so this is how that I think it was Josh Hernsmeyer, but not through numbers, weird, and got this into my head. He was pointing out that everything moves so fast at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the field that you can't be like observe react it's right. the look you see you plan to react so yeah. if you see a potential run you have to have that pause you can't be unless they're not going to hand it off and then readjust right. it, you can't move that they're so fast they're moving they run so fast they have so much burst at the nfl level that you have to you have to pre-move i want to do two things one mentioned that in the last podcast i pointed out um something you said about sam donald and how that put the <laughs> Raiders actually into mind. I finally got the offense. It's just this like bad, 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 perfect throw. Bad, 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 yeah. perfect. And that's what the Raiders do. They just this the knuckling knuckle dragging around. They make no sense, <laughs> making constantly bad decisions. And then there's just that one moonshot. And it's like, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's perfect. And what I had in mind was suddenly starting to decide to target Josh Jacobs this season. And the other thing is, um, the question that comes to mind when you're pointing all this out about uh, the, the play action, um, why why is the second wave not going to die? Because we definitely don't oh. feel that way about it. Because you've got it, Colin Kaepernick, you've got Robert Griffin, who died because of injuries, obviously. But, I mean, there was an initial rave of running quarterbacks just lighting the league on fire, and then it died because defenses were able to shift somehow to spy the quarterback or whatever. It died. And now it's well, back. Is it not going to die again, or is it working a different oh, way? No, it definitely will. It it will. But but that's that's kind of the way of the league is. And this is this is one of those things that where fantasy football and like the reality of football kind of meet, and it's it's an interesting place. I I actually really like to watch football because of this because you see, and and we talked about copycat leagues. You're going to see teams combat these running quarterbacks with smaller, faster linebackers, you're going to see them start. I mean, you said the word spy, but you're going to, you're going to see that you're going to see a linebacker who is a, a smaller, quicker linebacker who can for all intents and purposes, stay with these running quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think anybody can stay with Lamar Jackson, but you're going to see a shift back toward uh, trying to contain this this run pass option and and this game I mean that's that's literally what they do I mean 15 years ago it was uh, smaller smaller backers and and fast defense and the NFL said okay well we're gonna get it was the Dallas well, it was probably more than 15 it was probably 20 25 years ago I'm old uh, <laughs> but you saw you saw Dallas have an offensive line where all of their linemen over. were over 300 pounds. So you so you had like the the Cowboys who who had their offensive line and and every single player was over three hundred pounds and they just like road graded and so you had defenses adjust to that and and get bigger and, and you saw 
I mean, it's it was like the the Vince Wilfork era came in. Uh, I mean, I guess after that, but you had the big nose tackles that were stopping the run, and so then offenses got smaller and quicker because to combat the defense combating their big, you know. So that, I, I think you see that it's a it's a pendulum. It goes back and forth, and it's this because it's a copycat league. The guys who are out on the vanguard of it are super successful because you're you're almost a step ahead of everybody else. So the defense is still trying to stop whatever you were, but they're not built to stop what you are. And the teams right now that are small and fast and, and able to, you know, to make matchup problems on the interior by shifting. I mean, it was the, the Juju Smith Schuster shifting him inside and, and making plays uh, and, and, only Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast could get me doing quarterback evaluations. It's something I steadfastly <laughs> refuse to do constantly and always. And now I'm podcasting about it on my own damn podcast because you're you're a magician, I guess. Um, but no, this, this is what comes to mind with this. Back to our value conversation on Josh Allen, all right? Because um, that's what I care about, Dynasty. And if I'm going to win my league, not actual football, damn it. Um <laughs> Nothing can take away that I, I've been insanely wrong and just lost uh, on being off on Joss Allen. I'm never going to reconvert that to, hey, I was right, if it goes the way I think it will. But back to our train conversation, I don't want to jump on the train because I feel like I'm going to be last off, and it's not a train you want to be last off on, based because what I see is still true. Now, if his passing continues to be 70% completion percentage, <laughs> I really don't think it is, then he's just made a monolithic improvement and this this kid's miraculous. And where he is either way or has been through one season on two weeks and, and nothing can stop that, take away from it. I'm not trying to say, ah, we'll be right eventually. I'm saying in the second act, what do we do? Um, or what do I do? I don't want to jump off on the train because I still feel like it's going to go off the tracks. I don't want to be the one paying for everyone's tickets. So looking at the new uh, landscape in that view, there's two ways it can go. If we're looking at um, overall defensive adjustments, like this era will end, then Josh Allen, I will continue to take L's week over week with Josh Allen until this massive shift happens. But right. every week I look at the stats and think, why is no one just, and, and you know I don't do game and matchup stuff, but I can't help but feel they just haven't met a defense this year that can make them don't have the personnel adjustments to do it because I still think this isn't a broader trend with Josh Allen. Look at the quarterbacks you mentioned. You've got Lamar Jackson, proficient passer, Patrick Mahomes, historic level passer, and then you've got Josh Allen, who's just an odd man out. That's a blow level passer up until this point. So I keep thinking that instead of taking this longer L, it's going to be a season or two. Like it's a, <laughs> it, it, it might come to fruition. I might take less L's. <laughs> um, <laughs> when they meet a defense can actually do what needs to be done with a blow average and just make him win through the air. And I know I say, but yeah, I've been I mean, wrong for one season and two weeks. So don't take my word for it, man. <laughs> um, but that's, that's what I'm thinking on. I'm just going to keep taking the L's week over week as he puts up 50 point games and the hope that this is a more immediate, I'm going to use the word regression just just so I trigger people who don't like nerds, I guess. But <laughs> a more immediate thing that's going to return to what seems to be normal or what I'm interpreting to be his average and that this new average isn't true. 
No, like I, I did not, I did not see Josh Allen coming out and throwing uh, the ball at a seventy percent uh, completion rate. I did not uh, see Josh Allen coming out and throwing the ball forty times a game. Like this is this is not what I had envisioned for this season. Uh, but it's it's happening. I think I think you're right. I think that that if you if if you gave me two weeks and said, okay, drop a scheme to, to figure out how we're going to beat Josh Allen. I would make sure that we're not uh, giving up the ball over the top of the defense. Uh, I'm going to make him throw the ball in front of my safeties. Uh, you know, and if he completes 40 out of 45 passes in front of my defense, then I'll tip my cap to him, but I'm going to bet that he's going to overthrow somebody two or three times in a game. And your defense needs to be opportunistic when that happens and, and, and capitalize right now. I mean, he's just, he's not, he's not doing that. He's, he's getting the ball down the field deep. He's, he's getting Diggs has been open. John Brown has been open. I mean, I, I said that after week one, I went on with, with Russ Fisher uh, on, uh, on the trade addicts pod and said, John Brown's viable this year. Uh, because they're both getting open, and if the if if John Brown and Stephon Diggs are getting open and creating enough separation for Josh Allen to, to get them the ball, he's they're going to be successful because they're both weapons down the field. And you hear that term arm talent thrown around all the time. Josh Allen has a huge arm, it's not necessarily accurate, but he can <laughs> he can throw it, you know, if he can put it up throw it 60 70 yards and if he can throw it down the field they can run under it i don't know but do you know that josh allen is currently the qb7 in on dlf's dynasty ranks yes i also know he's a qb1 in uh fantasy overall uh pretty much in any scoring format if i'm not mistaken <laughs> so yeah tough pill to swallow <laughs> Um, every week I'm doing projections and Josh Allen comes out as not the QB one and it keeps feeling like <laughs> it keeps feeling pointed, if you know what I mean. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. or Patrick Mahomes tops the tip chart. Um Kyle and Murray. Uh I'm gonna end the stream, guys, because it's two hours forty minutes in and I've definitely got enough to make a podcast that we ne- again, we <laughs> never started the podcast. Pretty sure I can get a podcast out of some of that. <laughs> I've I've been on with you probably five times, and I still don't think we've started. Maybe more than five times, but at least five times, and I don't think we've started a podcast yet. I think we ever have like been okay. Let's record the podcast now. It's yeah. been two hours later. I guess we'll just stop talking. <laughs> um, we actually have two viewers now. They're not owning up and letting us know who they are, but appreciate you secret viewers. Um, yeah, thanks for checking us out. Hopefully some of it was entertaining. Um, I assume you're actually watching a football game, but you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, probably more thing. Thanks again. Um, I'll see you next week for the Dynasty Crossroads. Thanks again to Zach for, uh, talking to me this week. I always enjoy talking with you, Zach. I really appreciate it. Um, and I guess I should do a, a podcast outro since I didn't do an intro and say, thanks very much for checking out the Dynasty Crossroads. Um, however long this podcast happened to be it was a lot longer in brackets i can <laughs> promise you um really appreciate it guys and uh we'll talk to you again next week thanks bye yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so 
Jake on the table when they born the place though Pete enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and they on the plays, though Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and they on the plays, though Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical